Podcast Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, aka Austin Creed. I said, give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zay. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey everyone, this is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spoker. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Zina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Watching and listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C, Romoran, Gina Liao, Emil Ash, all checking in on 316 Day. So happy 316, everyone! Champre di ako patalo ng Austin 316 shirt ako. Para sa mga may beer, John, you can crack one open. Uh, of course, in the name of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and drink responsibly. Uh, is anybody actually celebrating 316 Day? That's what I want to know. No. What? <laughs> I, mean, like, <laughs> I mean, back then, I would always wear my shirt on 316 mm. Day. That's the only way I would do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, the only time I really remembered to celebrate 316 Day was when lockdown was declared, right? Because I was trying to find something else to distract myself with and to think about other than the impending lockdown. So uh, somebody said in the comments, kanina nung pre-show, Happy lockdown anniversary. So I'm going to say it with all the sarcasm I can muster because I don't think anyone wants to celebrate the anniversary of when the Fire Nation attacked. So uh, happy 316 day to everybody. Hope that you're having a cold one if you can. We've got a lot to talk about as always from WWE, AEW, and some news outside of the ring. But before we get to everything, let's tell you about all of the perks that come with being a wrestling wrestling podcast patron. So Emil, you know what to do. Take it away. All right, so madaming ganap uh, in the next month or so. Of course, we have WrestleMania, and uh, you can support everything that we do here in the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com/slash the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. One of the perks of being a patron, of course, there are the watch parties. But for the WrestleMania viewing party, I think Ro will uh, tell more about that after yung spiel ko dito. And uh, madaming pang perks ang uh, pag-subscribe sa Patreon. Of course, we have. The Pasabais, which the next one will come during WrestleMania season. Madami sales, WWE shop. So if you want to get your authentic WWE merch, you can do that with us here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Also, we have review content of the weekly wrestling shows like Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, and some local wrestling events as well. And of course, you can join our Discord server, which we talk about everything and anything under the sun. We have wrestling talk, gaming talk, especially that the WWE 23 has just come out or will come out in a few days for some people. So we talk about that, lifestyle, fashion, sports, everything. And uh, by subscribing to our Patreon, you are supporting everything that we do here in the podcast. So again, please subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast for as low as $5 or in a local currency. It's around 260 to 270 pesos. Yeah, and Bruce already mentioned it in the chat. We have a WrestleMania watch party. Yes, there it is on the screen. It's happening April 2 and 3. That is Sunday and Monday morning. Gates open at 7. The show starts at 
And syempre, if you buy now, you get the early bird prices. One day is 400 pesos. Two day passes 750. All you got to do is go to our new ticketing system. It is from snack.ph, snack.ph slash geektalkph, snack, S-N-A-C-K dot P-H slash G-E-E-K-T-A-L-K dot P-H. And Shepard, you can buy the tickets there. You can buy a one-day pass for either day or you can buy two-day passes. And I'm glad to say that we are sponsored by our event partner, Disney+. Plus. So uh, I can say it now officially. We have some swag (laughs) from Disney+. Plus. Uh, Look at us. Yeah, look at us. uh, (laughs) Look at us. We're going to... Uh, yeah, we're going to give away uh, some swag. Not sure on whether we're going to give away free subscriptions, but stay tuned. You know, you never know. And Jumper, there are more prizes on the way as well because uh, we got that sponsorship money, you know. Sinabihan na akong ano, maghanap ng prizes na bibilhin. So may budget tayo ngayon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you go to our humble little watch party, you can come away with some free wrestling swag as well. Jan Jeffrey says... Nasa WrestleMania watch parties at BGC, Bahame. Yes, we will be. Uh, well, uh, at least one of us will be because uh, it might not. Yeah. So I'll be there because I'll be working. But uh, in a row, they will be there. I also have prior family commitments. So, yeah. Yeah. so one, at least one of us will be there. Yeah. If you want to say hey to us, if you missed us uh, over the past couple of years of the lockdown, you can always come say hey and let's have a fun time. A gay old time together watching wrestling as a family. All right. Before we get to the wrestling stuff, since Sabangit ni Emil, WW2K23 is actually yes. out for those of you who have the Icon and Deluxe Editions. So I just want to say thank you to our friends over at 2K Sports and 2K Games for uh, giving me another review copy for this year. Ro, I know you've got the game, Narendiba. So what are your first impressions of 2K23? Uh, it's the same. Hindi naman siya They just expounded, I guess, on what they established last year. The redesigned controls from last year are still there. For those who liked it, no worries. It's the same old gameplay that you come to love. If you don't like it, sorry na lang. But, you know, it's the much more fighting game-oriented design that they have. Yeah, I actually enjoy how uh, it's more reliant on combos now from the player standpoint. And I also think that the engine actually runs smoother, which is funny to say coming from someone who still plays on PS4. But ramdam ko eh na the engine's actually smoother this year than... 2K22 and definitely compared to 2K20. I don't know how far you've gone along in terms of showcase mode or 2K showcase. I'm almost done with it. And last year, kay Rey Mysterio, I didn't even get past Eddie in Halloween Havoc 1997 because it's so hard. But this year's 2K showcase is much easier and much more fun to get through. I don't play showcase mode. It's not really my jam. I don't have an interest in playing as you know guys from their history. My jam is my faction. That was my rise then. My faction because it gives you an opportunity to play with as many people on the roster as possible. So you're not locked in your favorites. Uh, you get to try a whole bunch of people, which is the original spirit of the game when we first you know, started playing it all those decades ago. So I like collecting the cards. I like collecting the better cards, the wrestlers that you can get. Tapos, my Rise is My Rise Temper. It's the season mode. I haven't actually gotten started to it, on it. I just finished making my create a superstar, which takes a while, Shampoo, because there are so many things that you have to customize and finish before you can really get it going. But I feel like a lot of things are better now. Create an entrance is much better. I think create a superstar has a lot more design options. So uh, you can go crazy with your cosplay. 
Sobrang dami, sobrang ganda. Um, it runs just as good on last gen than it does on current gen, I think. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I meant earlier when I talked about it feeling smoother. It does feel like an upgrade compared to previous versions of the game. So, yun, uh, tomorrow is the official release date for the standard edition of WWE 2K23. Oh, it's March 18. Ah, sorry. March 18 pala. Uh, March 17 in the States. Of course, if you got the Icon version or the deluxe version, that should already be out. So go ahead and check it out on your favorite consoles. And if you're on the same consoles that Ro and I are on, you know, go challenge us to a match or whatever. I'd love to play online. Um, so go hit me up. I'm on PS4. Right? So there. WW2K23 out now. Thank you again to our friends over at 2K Games and 2K Sports for my copy of the game. Let's get some news here. And uh, this one comes from last weekend. When we found out that the headliner for the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2023 is none other than Rey Mysterio, the greatest luchador of all time. I think this is undisputed at this point. Na. When you talk about luchadors, the gold standard really is Rey Mysterio. And I'm actually surprised that he's getting inducted as an active superstar. And merong sabi sabi online na the reason why this is happening now is maybe the WrestleMania match with Dom could be his last match. So, Emil, what do you think about that rumor? I think there's validity naman yung rumors because the last time this happened where an active competitor was inducted to the Hall of Fame was Ric Flair. And that WrestleMania, you know, we all know what happened, the uh, uh, retirement match against uh, Shawn Michaels. So, pede, pede. Kasi I think also Ray has also said himself as well na he wants to have his last match against his son, Dominic, and then that's it. I think Ray can still go at his age. Like, I'm surprised now if you would tell me like seven years ago or 10 years ago, now Ray would still be going and he's still as good as he was here in 2023. I'd be shocked because injuries but he somehow got better and then extend yung run and now he will have the chance to at least retire on his own terms if so I think the rumors have some validity to it. Mm-hmm. Chino, what do you think about this Hall of Fame induction being tied into the Ray versus Dom storyline? But Dom was bitching about uh, just getting a BMW, not getting a Mercedes like his friends and all of that. It, uh, it, if anything, it helps Dom a lot more because it gives him teeth to grind out against his father. You know, these imagined slights that he's developed over the past few months here. have They've done a really good job in allowing Dom to stretch out this character because before that, he was just Rey Mysterio's son. Right? Even before the Judgment Day, he was just Rey Mysterio's son. So by giving him his father in a big-time WrestleMania match with potential retirement implications, it allows Dominic Mysterio to sort of rise above the shadow that he's been under this entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ikaro, would you have inducted Ray this year or wait for him to officially retire and then induct him? Yeah, that's weird. I, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it this year because uh, the rule has always been uh, induct the Hall of Famers when they're done wrestling. Because uh, that was the marker kumbaga, of your being doneness when you're finally going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Shempre, some of those got circumvented, like Edge, because they all thought that Edge was done but when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And then turns out he wasn't done. Or Booker T, but turns out he wasn't done as well. I don't know. Um, I felt like they did the Hall of Fame induction this year because they wanted it to further the story between him and Dom. 
So that's my take on it. And I guess it doesn't really matter either way because as your slide said, the serve the money. I think nobody's gonna argue raise induction. Mm-hmm. Another induction that PW Insider actually called weeks ago and then finally na, na, na affirmed na, na tama nga yung scoop nila was the great Muta. He's also going to be inducted as part of the Hall of Fame class of 2023. And ito na rin yung napag online several months ago na this was part of the talent exchange which allowed Shinsuke Nakamura to wrestle at NOAA uh, earlier this year. So any big thoughts from this induction from anyone? For me, naman, yeah, this is pretty much expected because when we heard the news of Nakamura going to Noah, this is one of the things. It was either a Rumble appearance or a Hall of Fame induction, and at least one of those uh, came true. So, I mean, Muta is an icon, even though he didn't really uh, step foot in a WWE ring, but he's a Japanese wrestling legend. He's also a wrestling legend, and deserved naman. He had a hell of a career, and congratulations to the great Muta. Mm-hmm. Ikaw, Chino, my thoughts about this one since yeah, sabi ni Emil, he never wrestled in WWE. No, but he did a lot of work with WCW, and of course, we all know the history of how the WWE bought out WCW. So I guess by that merit, kasama na siya dun sa Hall of Fame. He's one of the first Japanese wrestlers that I have gotten to know, uh, gotten to know, and one of the first Japanese wrestlers to actually cross over to the United States. Of course, it's just Antonio Inoki, but. Muta in the 80s and 90s was a pretty big deal, diba? Sa kanya galing yung Mist, sa kanya galing yung Mutalak, all these amazing things that we associate with modern-day wrestling, he actually started. So I feel like he deserves this induction and that it's just going to further the relationship that the WWE has with Japanese wrestling promotions. Hey man, it's just cloud chasing on Triple H's part. Like, uh, let's score some cool points with the Smarks who follow Japan and old school stuff by inducting Great Muta. No, I mean, uh, the Hall of Fame has been used to celebrate not just WWE's history, but also WCW's history because of how WWE bought out WCW. And I don't think, again, like Ray, you're not going to find anyone who argues against Great Muta being inducted in the Hall of Fame. So, deserve then. It follows the tradition of having someone who's retired go in. Yeah, he just had his retirement matches, right? Okay, we'll take a break. We'll stay with some news outside the ring when we come back. But first, we want to let you know that you can take your banking to the next level with GoTime Bank. Download the app now on Google Play or the App Store or to go shop, go send, and go save smarter, faster, and safer. Just visit www.gotime.com.ph or go to their official social media pages in the description of this podcast when it goes up for more details. Once again, that's www.gotime.com.ph. That's go, T-Y-M-E. It's go time. All right, we'll take that break. And now a quick word from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Let's stick with our news from outside the ring and talk about a couple of wrestlers who took a lot of bullying from wrestling Twitter this week in uh, Riho and Ridge Holland. Um, major different cases, nila, but you know, just the same. Wrestling Twitter really showing its horrible side this week. In the case of Riho, people are hating on the Joshi style and hating on Riho being a smaller female wrestler probably has something to do with that corner of the internet who is more into like the traditional stuff. And then you can Ridge Hall and it all goes back to the Biggie injury from last year. It's been an entire calendar year since Biggie got injured because of that awful landing during that Ridge Holland suplex. Where do you guys want to start with this one? Igal Ro, where do you want to start unpacking this issue? No, I want to start with Riho because a lot of people still don't respect Riho. Mostly Americans, mostly people who are in the West because siempre Riho is undersized. They don't watch Joshi wrestling. To be fair, I don't as well, but I have seen Riho live in the flesh. We've seen Riho live in the flesh and we know she's the real deal. And the problem with this is that they don't understand. They don't understand how someone as petite as Riho can be a believable wrestler. But, you know, she never presented herself as a standard, a regular size wrestler who gets by on power moves or whatever. She is a Joshi and being a Joshi entails some Lucha Libre style acrobatic wrestling, some highly mobile, highly agile wrestling. And nobody understands it. They don't understand it. They just see her as small and think that she couldn't be believable at all. I've gotten into an argument with someone who says that Riho's wrestling is bad because they just don't understand it at all. So it's bad because this has been stoked by Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette has hated on the Joshi style. He's talked shit at Kenny Omega for believing in the Joshi style. And it's just so fucking sad because... It's like we haven't learned anything from Hanakimura. As much as I don't want to remember Hanakimura as someone who sadly took her life because of bullying, that is something that is unavoidable when we're talking about these incidents. Because it can be too much. And as we saw, it got too much that Riho had to delete her account. And then she posted on Instagram saying, that, oh, people actually like me. People have supported me and have sent well wishes. And... That's fucking sad. Like, people have to find out the hard way that, you know, there are people who love them, right? Uh, it's just really bad. And it's the kind of thing that makes me really hate wrestling fans and wrestling Twitter. So put some respect on Riho's name. That girl can do a lot more than you could ever do with your life. I have a huge problem with people who are hating on Riho but are huge fans of people like Sasha Banks. Medyo similar yung style nila, diba? Yeah. Medyo similar din yung body type, even though Sasha is just a few inches taller than Riho. Diba? Why are you such a fan of Sasha, for example, but you're hating on Riho? I don't understand it. Kasi nga, you know, they don't understand that that's how the girls wrestle in Japan. It feels like there is a disconnect between how Americans think wrestling should be, even with the women, and how the Japanese joshis are actually trained to do it. Talagang, it's a lack of understanding and it's a lack of open-mindedness. It's the same way why a lot of people hate on the Young Bucks because they don't understand that the Young Bucks wrestle in an American Lucha Libre style. They're stuck in their ways and their beliefs and how wrestling should be, which is really not the spirit of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Ina brings up a good point here in the comments. Sabi niya na, there has to be implicit bias against Asians as well. Diba yung Asian hate being directed towards Riho if these are, for example, people from the West or like Americans who are commenting on Riho over on Twitter. Oh, it, it's just really a mess. It's just really horrible. Chinaikao, do you have anything to say about this incident involving Riho and wrestling Twitter? 
I don't want to generalize all Americans. It's just, no, we're not saying that. I am. White, Fucking, I am. white people. <laughs> Fuck that. I am. I'm not saying all Americans. Because not all Americans hate Rio. Yeah, I know. But I am still. Okay. Okay. Fine. Finding ignorance with ignorance isn't the way to do this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not defending bullies here. Let's just get that out of the way. I'm not defending bullies. I'm also not saying that that's a dismissive tile that's a point of view that. I'm really open to the fact that I think it's just the way Joshi is presented in the other side of the world that people aren't used to. Right? Like there's this whole K-pop wave that struck the world now. And five years before, before the pandemic, nobody knew what that was. And everybody thought it was weird. And now it's, it's such a big thing. So it really just boils down to the presentation, to the exposure that it presents to the world. Right? Maybe if they work on that, people will actually be more accepting of things. Right? I don't know. I'm not going to blame the presentation for people's ignorance towards Riho. Why are we blaming how they do things when that's how they... Because if there's no idea how that works, as a former sometimes active troll on Twitter, of course, I don't understand that. Again, I'm well, not defending That's on you. You have to go yeah, out and watch the product. That's what I'm trying to get at here. That's what I'm trying to get at here. I don't say that that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm hearing from you guys. It's basically what you're saying is Bobo yung trolls kasi hindi nila pinapanood yung Joshis. But the, I'm trying to say, troll, no, no, I'm not saying Bobo yung trolls. I'm saying no, they're wait, evil. Calm down. Calm down. Relax, Sando boy. Calm down. What I'm trying to say is people can still learn to love the things that they will think they like. Diba? But they're not. So it's a problem. They diba? are not. It's a, they're it's out they're there. actively so, dismissing it. They're not. They're, they're not doing that. They don't want to do that. They're stuck in their ways. I'm not saying they're dumb. Hey, saying if they're they're hate, then let but them yeah, but that's not, no, diba? that's not. That's not a good thing. That's not acceptable. Diba? That's how Hannah Kimura did her thing. That's how we end up with these losses. And then people are gonna pay lip service when something bad happens. And then what? The cycle starts all over again. That's why. The hate is bad. Okay, lang sana ko ignorant today. But no, they're not. That's not just it. Yeah, I think you have to draw the line somewhere. I don't think it's as simple as if they want to hate, let them hate. Because yeah. letting them hate leads to them actually directing that hate to people, actual people, through their words, about which clearly do have an effect on people. So I think you have to draw the line there. Ang sa akin lang is in that same regard where we're focusing on the people that are hating on Rio. Pinakita din ni Riho that there were people out there reaching out to her and telling the world na, oh, there are people that love me out here. I saw the same tweets you guys saw. So parang, at the same time, it also all boils down to what you focus on here in this point. Diba? You can focus on the hate, sure, but you can also focus on the people sending their love out there, man. Like, but it still happened. Hating. It doesn't have to be that way. It still happened. You can't just focus on one thing and completely disregard the other. It still happened. That's the problem. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to agree with Ro here because it's kind of toxic positivity. Oh, look on the bright side. People do love you. People appreciate you. But like, if you are actually driven to the point of you know doing the thing, uh, too late now. You're never going to get your flowers. Like, you're just going to wait for things to be too late and for people to belatedly show you appreciation and, and not hate on you anymore. You're going to focus on the good things and the people showing their love after the tragedy has happened. We don't want to get to the tragedy. That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're saying here. I again, I get what you guys are saying here. Like, I see now we want to avoid tragedy. That's like the most extreme thing that can happen. But what I'm getting at here is that there are people out there that can, because I don't want wrestling to be this exclusive thing 
wherein ah hindi tayo pareho ng point of view so malika diba isn't that what wrestling is not supposed to be like no that's not what i'm saying diba? i'm saying mali yung yung bullying riho and people like her and wrestlers like her that's the problem you're not the differing opinions the differing opinions are fine but they when they lead to this thing manifesting into something tragic she just deactivated her account but it could have been something worse like what happened again to hannah that's what i'm focusing on here like, you can differ your opinions just keep it to yourself and you know not throw hate at the person who's actually doing the thing that you're, you don't like yeah, uh, it's kind of like what's happening to Ridge Holland right now. Right? He also brought up this past week that people are sending him and his family death threats, uh, saying all sorts of nasty things towards them, which is really, really horrible. Because, you know, Ridge Holland is someone who was just doing his job. He made amends with Big E. And if Big E could go and forgive the man, then what gives wrestling Twitter, what gives these bullies on Twitter the right to still keep harassing Ridge Holland a year after the unfortunate incident, which by all accounts was an accident? Merong magandang way I saw this thing online, which is just like so good. The internet empowers anonymity, right? Because there is a mass of people online that gets to comment on this one specific topic without any sort of repercussion on their part. It empowers more of these sorts of people to keep commenting on it. And even after many, many years of this very tragic accident, this very unfortunate mishap, people still feel the need to comment on it. Kasi nandun eh. Kaya nilang gawin yan, tas walang bumabalik sa kanila. And that's just one of the ugly sides of the internet. You know, you're given this mask to embolden yourself and say na, ah, mali kayo. Tama ako, expert ako. But who am I to say that when really I'm just a dude behind the screen, diba? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's the terrible thing about it. That is the observation, I guess, of how the internet makes it all work. Doesn't mean we should just lay by it, you know, take it and, you know, roll over, diba? But on Ridge, naman, yeah, it's really bad. I already said last year, diba? It's an accident. Accidents happen. Xavier goes out and says it's an accident. They understand it's an accident. They understand that accidents happen. So I hope that stops it. I haven't checked on whether it's still going on. But, you know, the stablemate has already spoken. So that should be it. Yeah. Tama um, Chino, when you said that anonymity thing exists because of the nature of the internet. And I guess uh, what we're trying to do on our platform on the podcast where we have less anonymity and our names and faces are out there is to encourage people to be more responsible with the platform that we have. Like, if you're going to go online and you're going to comment on wrestling, do it responsibly. Like, we've already learned our lessons. Hopefully, not always the hard way, but we've seen it happen over the last 10, 15 years what the things we say on the internet can do to people, especially to public figures, especially to these wrestlers who literally break their bodies for our entertainment. So, uh, you know, I just want to close this part of the conversation on we all just have to be nicer to one another, especially on the internet where it's so easy to be such an asshole. Just want to add before we end this, internet in the last 20 years, 25 years, and we still need to remind people again of the saying, think before you click. Before sending out a post, before sending out a tweet, please think first kung post mo, kung it makes sense, and if it doesn't break any internet etiquette, like if it doesn't hurt anyone's feelings. Plus, how hard is it for some people to not be assholes on the internet? It's uh, you know, really pretty you know, hard. Yeah, so yeah, think before you click, people. 
be responsible to your social media. Clearly, you have never right. tried to be an asshole online. Eddie. Yeah, that's good for him. I mean, he's more noble than either of us, you know? Yeah. The, so good uh, for him. He's way ahead than all of us are, yeah. apparently. So good yeah. for Emil. All right, let's move into the ring here. Talk about Jay Uso. Speaking of being a dick, Jay was such a dick to Sami Zayn and basically betrayed him. And he explained on SmackDown that his motivation niya was to protect Jimmy from further abuse and bullying from Roman Reigns. And this is something that fans have been speculating on since the episode of Raw where Jay beat down Sami. In fact, there are fan theories pa na nung nagbulong si Jay kay Sami on Raw right before the super kick na maybe it's part of a bigger plan that Jay was letting Sami in on. Na, oh, parang sumunod ka na lang ngayon, let me beat you up kasi this would be part of me making the bloodline implode even further, right? So, for now, let's stick with what's actually in the canon, which is Jay telling everyone that he did it for Jimmy Uso. So, Emil, what do you think about Jay basically letting the entire world and Roman know his motivations from the jump? First of all, yung sa sinasabi ng mga tao na Jay and Sammy are in on this, for me, na ano na siya eh, nung Raw, when binanata nila si Kevin Owens, doon na nagsiksak, ah, that's not kind of true because if he's indeed on the side of Sammy and, and those people who are fighting the bloodline, hindi niya pa manata ng ganun si Kevin Owens. So, in terms of the promo, I think we all expected this to happen or the moment Elimination Chamber ended, we all know this is what's gonna happen. And sinabi ko din dati na, ano Jay Uso will always have his brother's back. Whether or not he's loyal to Roman or not, that still needs to be determined. So, madami pang mangyayari dito sa storyline na to that we need to watch out for. Ikaw, Chino, are you convinced na Jay just did it for Jimmy but he's still on the bloodline side and all that? I kind of don't want to focus on like internet hearsay and Meta narrative right now because I mean I get that that's what we're here for, right? We're here to break these stories down, but I want to focus on what the story is right now because this whole thing is drama. It's Shakespeare, and I still want to get worked by it. So, if the ending is that Sammy and Jay were in it all along, nudge nudge, wink wink, then good. That'll be a great story that they've never done before. But if this is just something we're trying to put in the story, then that kind of just sets me up for disappointment. And I still want to see where this is going from here on out. Uh, Ro, you were telling me uh, privately before we went on the stream that this wasn't exactly the best move on Jay's part. Yeah. Um, no, I, For one thing, I agree with Chena in saying uh, I don't want to like get ahead of the story too much. Like, yes, it's fun to fantasy write the story, you know, but it's one of those things that it's been good, so we can just let them cook. We can let them do their thing, right? On that note, though, Jay did come out and say in a, on SmackDown that he did it for Jimmy. He went and said that. Was it for Roman? It was for Jimmy so that Roman could not cap him. So to me, that is kind of weird because he said the quiet part out loud and saying that, Okay, hindi ko naman ginawa to kasi loyal ako sa pinsan ko eh. Sa kay Kuya Joe, di ba? Ginawa ko to kasi mas loyal ako sa utol ko. Which is logical. It makes sense. But what doesn't make sense is Jay outright saying for the whole world and Roman to hear that he wasn't really pledging his loyalty to the bloodline. He was just pledging his loyalty to his brother. That kind of gives Roman even more impetus to bully them. Kasi, you know, he knows now that he doesn't organically have their loyalty and 
he can't really naturally convince them to stay in line. So he'll have to go back to his harsh methods to keep control of them. So that kind of makes life harder for the twins, for the Usos. So I don't know how wise that was. Again, uh, I don't want to get ahead of it, but if it sets up for their eventual rebellion, then okay, cool. But it's just a weird storytelling move for me. Like if I were the character that doesn't fall within my logic, like I would keep it to myself or keep it between me and my twin. That's, that's just it. On the topic of family drama, of course, in bloodline drama, but now Cody Rhodes is very much a part of it because he's coming out to save Sami Zayn. KO is saying directly to Cody na, wag ka uh, this is my issue. You go focus on your WrestleMania main event with Roman Reigns. Chino, what do you think of Cody's involvement here? Because we have said last week na Cody feels like he's just a number two to the bigger family drama saga. Yeah, this is them trying to uh, them being the creative team. Trying to pigeonhole Cody into that spot that was supposed to be his. Uh, for me because I'm still not buying his relevance in the story. Yes, he won the Royal Rumble, diba? so he deserves a shot at Roman Reigns. But then at the same time, I don't really care for that right now. I'm still very much focused on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens trying to take down the bloodline. So this B-plot of Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns masquerading as an A-plot is not something that I enjoy watching. Ego Emil, do you feel like there's an improvement after what Cody said this week? Mm, if you watch the show without context or without actually knowing what's going to be the main event of WrestleMania, you think the main event of WrestleMania is going to be involving Sami Zayn and the Usos and Kevin Owens. You see, you know, most prominent story, even on SmackDown. So, so I think they still need to do more. But they're already booked into that corner a long time ago. So they're just trying, I think, their best to at least relate those two stories together. They did such a good job in the Cody and Sammy promo a while back, but they haven't really followed that up really well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ro, we call this yung go-home promos, diba? Normally, we would see on the go-home show before WrestleMania. And uh, this is the second uh, type of go-home promo in about as many weeks involving Cody. Yeah. Uh, wait, first of all, I, again, I agree with Chino in saying that, well, Cody's involvement in all of this feels like the B-plot to the A-plot. Again, inadvertently wrote the Bloodline story to be the most compelling thing on the show. So that ended up being the A-plot. Parin. And uh, nga, Cody is kind of shoehorned into the B-plot. There was a kind of connective thread to all of it when Cody talked to Sammy for Elimination Chamber. So there is a justification to help Sammy and, by extension, Kevin Owens out. But that's about it. Cody is still not really the focus of the bloodline and Roman Reigns. Like Roman Reigns just treats him as, okay, I am contractually obligated to have this championship match at WrestleMania with Cody. But, you know, the major part of my concern is my family imploding and Sami Zayn being a thorn in my side. So, yeah, that's a whole other thing that I do not know how they're going to fix. And related to that, as you mentioned, um, Cody has been putting out some good promos. There is no denying that. He's really good at those. He is really good at stirring those emotions, that are moving, touching those heartstrings. Um, 
this week's raw promo to rile himself up, that felt like a go-home thing. It felt like something you would hear on the last Raw or SmackDown before WrestleMania. So it was such a climax. It was such a high note for Cody because it makes him look strong heading into the title match that I am not exactly sure where he goes again from this. Because so that's not quite how a story is told. I think everyone here can understand that the climax, you know, it goes up and then shoots down and in the denouement. So that's weird to me. I do not know how they plan to write the whole thing out with two weeks left before the big show. So I guess they can surprise me, but you know, it feels like a story that's told out of order. Mm-hmm. Igao Chino, how would you fix this since you are into this type of narratives about this type of writing? Yeah. No, so I feel like the main focus from here on out should go back to Roman Reigns, not the bloodline, Roman Reigns himself, because he is the focal point of all of this. He is the leader of the bloodline which Sammy and Kevin Owens are trying to take down. And he also has both titles, which Cody Rhodes wants, about being the winner of the Royal Rumble. So, ang sa akin lang is, if they focus on the turmoil that Roman Reigns is facing right now, it might make even more compelling plot point. Whereas, because he is trying to uh, fight the war on different fronts here at the same time. Trying to split his attention. So when that happens and he's pulled in all sorts of directions, convictions. What's more important to him at this point? Is it the titles that he's holding on to or is it keeping the bloodline together? Mm-hmm. Alright, uh, we'll see. We have two more weeks before WrestleMania. So that's another two episodes of Raw. And if Cody decides to go to SmackDown, another two SmackDowns. For them to advance whatever they can still advance from this point. Uh, switching gears, we got to talk about Bray Wyatt, who we haven't seen in a few weeks. And um, people are saying he's probably injured. May ibang rumors na he supposedly walked out because of a creative issue. Uh, ang alam natin is that he's supposed to be in a storyline with Bobby Lashley. So this is all very weird na after uh, nagparamdam na si Bray and Uncle Howdy dito kay Bobby Lashley biglang uh, niho, niho, n- nothing ulit from uh, Bray Wyatt. So, Emil, what do you think about Bray's sudden disappearance from TV right now? Actually, again, I'm indifferent to Bray. But the person I feel sorry in all of this is Bobby Lashley. I mean, dude had a great year and definitely deserving siya na magkaroon ng, at, ng great showing at WrestleMania. But with Bray Wyatt possibly being out, injured, or walked out, or de- depending who you talk to, I mean, he's in limbo. Like, what will happen with this match now? So, I don't know. Um, I do hope everything is okay with Bray, though. Um, if he's indeed injured, I hope he you know, gets well. If not, then I don't know. I hope they can resolve this if they are indeed going through with this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ikaro, what do you think about these rumors that uh, either it was like a creative issue or maybe an injury? I didn't miss him. I didn't even realize he was gone. <laughs> so, oh, he was missing from the show. I, I didn't know. That's how much I do not look forward or think about him at all. Jamila's right in saying Bobby Lashley. He moved from a not quite decisive ending to his feud with Brock to this feud with Bray that isn't quite the best use of his abilities. 
and now Bray's missing. I mean, I hope he's just injured. Like, uh, I mean, you know, I don't hope that he is injured, but I hope that there wasn't like a walkout when it comes to his creative. Because hey, that's a lot worse. To add context to uh, the the Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar thing, Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated wrote that the reason why Brock versus Bobby, which people were thinking would happen at Mania, it happened at Elimination Chamber, is because they were hoping to get Brock Lesnar versus Stone Cold at WrestleMania. But WWE and Stone Cold couldn't come to terms for a deal for WrestleMania, which is why we're now here at Brock Lesnar versus Omos and Bobby Lashley being rumored to still be pushing forward with Bray Wyatt. So Chino Egao, knowing this, does it change any of your opinions on Bray and where he's at right now? This current run of Bray Wyatt has been uh, somewhat underwhelming. This coming from a Bray Wyatt fan. There isn't a clear path forward here. Bray with the UV face paint. We saw Uncle Howdy, great. They teased that stable, which still has to come out. Still, but we don't really know where this is all going. Why is he going after Bobby Lashley here? I can see a creative rupture in this scenario happening. Because it's not the original idea of Bray Wyatt, I guess. Other people might have gotten their fingers in his pot and he might not have liked it. If that was the case, they resolve resolved. Because again, Bray Wyatt was released and Triple H asked him to come back, right? So they opportunity to work together. There's a collaborative effort behind all of this. So sana ma-resolve na ito kung creative difference niya. If injury, then sana he gets better soon. Sana umabot siya ng WrestleMania. Alright, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll cross over to AEW. We'll talk about the four pillars and Wardlow's latest storyline and how apparently everything is part of the story. First, though, we gotta let you hear from our other podcasts right here on Podcast Network Asia. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Time to get to the audio-only part of this week's podcast. We've got four topics for you across AEW and WWE. We're going to start with AEW because on Dynamite this morning, we saw the AEW debut of Taya Valkyrie. So uh, she came out as uh, another opponent for Jade Cargill. And I don't know, this is another person who came from WWE. Is she going to join the Outcasts next? Well, to be fair, she also came from Impact Wrestling. That's her most recent stop. So I don't know if accepting but she's Impact Wrestlers than the Outcasts. Gets ko yung point na Outcasts. Um, I know why they're named that way. Because yeah, they were, well, except for Soraya. Because <laughs> Soraya left her on her, on her own. Right? But, you know, Tony, well, Tony also left on her own. 
But uh, the idea, the kayfabe idea was that they weren't wanted by the big company. So uh, Taya actually has more of a claim to that if it ever comes to that. But she is clearly a face against Jade Cargill. And Taya is one of those names that I brought up last year when we talked about people who we like to go back to WWE. But looks like uh, she did it and uh, she heads to... uh, AW where I think she's gonna have more exposure, I think, and uh, another another body on the roster, which is a good thing, always a good thing. I just hope na she doesn't get the same treatment as Ruby Soho did. But she came in, had a program, and then no lasha for a while. So um I just hope she gets consistent TV time and who knows, maybe she'll she'll be the one to beat Jade Cargill finally for the TBS title. I just have a problem with all of these new faces being brought in to be Jade Cargill's next challenger only for them to lose eventually. And then, wala na, sino eventually natatalo kay Jade? That's what I mean. Like, Chino, do you think Taya's believable as someone to finally defeat Jade Cargill? Nah, I don't think so. I think if anything, they might give it to a younger AEW star. Like somebody that they might build, be spending time building up on. I don't know who that is. Okay. Just Sorry. yet to go. go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I actually have... Minimum scoop, but I did read uh, about this a while back. So the person they are grooming for this spot is none other than Chris Statlander. So naodot lang kasi na injured na naman si Stat, but that was the plan. I know, I knew that um, they were planning to finally take the title off of Jade because, course, it has been what, a couple of years, I think, almost yeah. a couple of years. Mm-hmm. She was the inaugural TBS champion. She, she is the only TBS champion. So I know, or I did read that Union Mangayare and could not happen to a better wrestler. So, um, yeah, no, I, I've always wanted for Stat to get her due. So I think this is it. She just has to stay healthy. Okay, so going back to Taya, uh, what do you think she adds to this already loaded AEW women's division? I think number one is veteranship, experience. She is a world-traveled vet. She's been to all these different companies. She's had experience in all sorts of promotions. So she brings that to the table. Um, number two, it's also a, a steady hand. If in case they need like a, oh, mystery partner. And then Valkyrie shows up. Might not to discredit her talent in the ring. I'm sure she's deserving of her own program as well. But this roster is deep. And Tony Khan still doesn't know what he's doing with the women's division. So at the very least, I want to feel optimistic that Taya can provide all sorts of things for that company. I'm actually going to agree with that. It's hard to notice because you know the women are lost in their token segment a week. But at this time, they had a match and a segment. So that's pretty cool. But with every alum that Tony Khan has been adding to the women's division, the division slowly gets steadily better and better. They don't get as much time. But um, now the division is a lot more watchable. They don't have to rely so much on the younger wrestlers who are admittedly inexperienced. So um, you may injure like Chris Tatlander, uh, like Ruby Soho sometimes. So the more that they have that deep veteran bench that they can fall on, the more consistent the division could be. So that's what they're headed to. It's more of a long-term rebuilding. But again, as Chino said, it also should go hand-in-hand with better booking of that division. Mm-hmm. There's some rumblings on the internet that Butch is going to go back to being called Pete Dunn. So si Wrestle votes on Twitter yung nag-report nito. 
uh, according to WrestleVotes, he was told that it's already in the works and that as soon as Triple H came back and took over creative, nasa agenda niya na pala na uh, Pete Dunne was going to go back to being Pete Dunne. But apparently, the brawling brutes were getting over, which they were and which they are. So now that Butch has been off TV since February, I guess he's inactive right now para pagbalik niya. Uh, he'll have been gone for quite a while. People will miss him and it'll be like, oh, it's Pete Dunne. He's back and all of that. So, Ikaw, Chino, what do you think about this? Yeah, I don't know where that leaves uh, the Brawling Brutes then. Like, is he still part of the Brutes as Pete Dunne? Sabi nung Wrestle Votes na wala na siya sa Brawling Brutes if he comes back as Pete Dunne. Oh, really? Wow, that's huge. Oh, well, that's interesting then. They're just breaking up the Brawling Brutes like that without any sort of story implication. That's interesting. Kasi, sayang eh. Sayang work. I really like the Brutes uh, for the yeah, short so run that they short run that they had I thought I found them very entertaining so I don't understand why I feel like Butch as divisive as a name as it was was working for Pete Dunne and he was able to make it work he was given a role he stuck with it he worked it out so I I might be in the minority here but I feel like it was an unnecessary shift back to Pete Dunne siguro dun siya dun gusto dun siya masaya and Triple H Wants to keep his wrestlers happy. I don't know. But I feel like Butch was working good. Yeah. Uh, as Butch, he was already wearing the singlet and wrestling like Pete Dunne anyway. So, Emil, does it matter to you whether he's Butch or Pete Dunne? You know, I know. Uh, initially, when Pete Dunne was given the Butch gimmick, he acted differently from what we know of Pete Dunne. Like, he was this scrappy guy. But when he became Butch and he became really over, Tapos when Triple H took over, they brought him back, you know, the same gear. And actually, the last few months, if you watch him on TV and you didn't know what his name, you thought you're watching Pete Dunne and not really Butch. So, might as just well, kung ganun din talaga, so, balik na lang yung, ano, balik na lang yung Pete Dunne name. Although, I really dig the Butch gimmick. Like, I really love that one. But, it, by the looks of things, uh, he's a Triple H guy anyways, and he's one of the guys na Triple H really pushed hard when in NXT, so I'm okay with it, but I'll miss the Butch gimmick, man. That was a fun gimmick. Hikaro, uh, any feelings towards the Butch gimmick going bye-bye? Uh, you know what they say? You know that quote from Smaller and Smaller Circles, nah, time and forgetfulness are the allies of abusers. Time and forgetfulness are the allies of Vince McMahon's name changes. Kaya for this, uh, it was already normalized that Pete Dunne is Butch. But I guess for a subset of fans, especially those who followed NXT, Butch will always be Pete Dunne. I think a lot of people then the man are not cool with Butch. I mean, Butch himself isn't cool. He's just being a pro about it, which is fair. I mean, Pete Dunne is the identity and character that he built over the years. So I think it's also fair to him to uh, let him go back to what made him the money and what got him signed to WWE. So kudos to Peter Dune for being a pro and rolling with it and making it his own. But I think this is the reward for him for doing that. So, okay lang din. Um, Butch was good. I agree that the character really was distinct and he made it work. But I think it's time that to go back. And I think Pete Dunne was really inseparable from Pete Dunne. And even though a wider range of fans who only follow the main roster knew him as Butch, I think that Triple H then wants to honor everyone who followed him from the start. And with regard to 
being no storyline implication. I don't think that's going to be the case. Because Triple H has proven man, that he cares about how things go from point A to point B. So I don't think it's going to be a random, okay, he emerges back from being inactive on TV to suddenly being Pete Dunne. I think there's going to be a an explanation for all of that. Like how LA Knight moved from Max Dupree and became LA Knight again. So I don't think that he's going to be hardworking. Uh, great that you mentioned LA Knight role because we're going to talk yeah. about him next. LA Knight is reportedly set for a big push after WrestleMania. That was a report from WrestleNews.co. And apparently people in WWE are pretty happy with the live reactions he's been getting at the events. So apparently uh, Chino, Emil, you guys are big fans of LA Knight. So it's kind of weird that... He's going to have to wait until after Mania for the push. He's not in a WrestleMania program right now. Uh, Chino, do you think there's still time to write LA Knight into a Mania story or a match? No, I think the post-Mania push might be better for LA Knight considering how many storylines they have going into Mania. You got Bloodline. Those are two different storylines with yeah. Roman and, and the Usos and Sammy and KO and Cody. All in the pot together, right? And then on the other side of things, you have Cena and Austin Theory. And then we didn't even talk about this. We have Edge and Balor who are now suddenly in a Hell in the Cell match, right? But I feel like a post-media push for LA Knight will allow the former Eli Drake to stretch his uh, chops a little bit more, to allow him to tell a story in, uh, without a without a constricting time frame because that's what he does best eh? he talks right and if you give the guy enough room to talk he will talk and he will put the story over and I kind of want to see him do that in uh, you know in a unconstricted environment Iko Emil what would you prefer if you were LA Knight so be nothing you're in his shoes no would you prefer that you get ridden into a Wrestlemania story or a match with about two weeks before the big weekend or would you prefer to get that big post-mania push whatever that looks like down the road um, I would choose the post-mania push because I mean he's over whatever he do from now until mania he's gonna be over nonetheless so they can carry that momentum towards a post-mania push where the spotlight is on him like what? Uh, all these storylines are probably done by by that point. So all the spotlights on him he can do what he does best, and that you know is talk and be himself. And uh, he already's proven himself. Now he can get over with the crowd, even by just talking, and even without any relevant storylines. I mean, like any other superstar after that Bray Wyatt feud, their push and their momentum would be gone just like that. But with LA Knight, he didn't have Instead, people got. You know, rooted for him even more after that Bray White program, which this didn't really end well. So, so that's the point. Now, na survive neon, he would be okay with not having a mania program because we all know he's gonna be over nonetheless. And having a post mania push, that's gonna be more beneficial to him, I think. Igaro, same question as uh, what I asked Emil. Yeah, I'm um, coming at this from a wrestler's perspective. Na sinasabihan ako na okay, we we have the story planned for you and. We'll do it, you know, at a certain time in the booking calendar. Right? If he is a wrestler worth his salt, and I think he is a man, considering that he got to the main roster, he'll know that if he gets a WrestleMania story out of the blue, even though, yes, it's a WrestleMania payday for him, which is a lot, it's also going to come off as being rushed. And 
you know, he should think that it's not going to be as effective as they might want. Right? So, yes, the post-WrestleMania push is a lot better for him because from there, you can focus on telling the right kind of story the proper way. You maximize whatever um, effect that's going to have on his overness. And he's going to come off all the better for it. So, yeah, okay you really don't want a story that's badly told just because you're trying to make it in the next two weeks at Mania. Saka, he doesn't really need a program to appear at Mania. He can just go out there, cut a little promo, then whoever interrupts him, then, you know, he, you know, he doesn't really need to do much because he's already over enough and he, he's talented enough to do that. So Yeah, that's a great point. Elias wasn't on the WrestleMania 35 card. He went out, did his thing, and then the doctor of Thugonomics came out and gave him an FU, right? So uh, maybe LA Knight could make his WrestleMania payday like that. Okay, uh, we're going to close things out. Dito sa audio-only portion by talking about Roxanne Perez. And it appears she's getting stripped of the NXT Women's Championship based on the wording. Because they basically did it without explicitly saying it on TV this past No, they're, they're booking women's qualifying matches for a, for a match at Stand and Deliver. It's right, for right, right. So they didn't say yeah. specifically that she's getting stripped. But the implication was there. Like, sobrang kita mo naman na that's the direction in which they're going. Which leads me to believe that I think Roxanne Perez miraculously comes back and is the last participant in the match on the day of Stand and Deliver. That's just Nia. But what do you think about Roxanne Perez getting stripped of the title in the first place after that Mako Satomura match? So uh, we're going to start with Emil here. Masyadong, ano naman yung, ano, yung strip. I mean, if this, they should have, parang dapat na lang interim na lang sana if they were headed that way. <laughs> uh, so Roxanne's first reign would end just like that, getting stripped of the title. I don't like it. But yeah, there are reports of like her being injured in real life. This is like pure storyline thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I ex- also expect her to also make a miraculous comeback by stand and deliver. And so I don't know. If, is she going to have a second reign? Or if she wins, it's, is it going to be a continuation of her first reign? So, um, <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, so uh, Madami, I know, I'm, I'm still quite shaky about this, um, if I'm going to be completely honest. Mm. Igao Chino, what do you think this does for Roxanne? It takes away from her legitimacy yeah. as a champion, to be honest. And they are so desperate in making her look like an underdog that they are willing to sacrifice her title reign just so they can get that comeback pop. That is about to happen, right? The mysterious last uh, person there. And what it does is it just makes her not look like a legitimate champion. When in her past two defenses, she has looked nothing but legitimate, right? She faced two women at the same time in her first title defense. Her second title defense was against a legend in Meiko Satomura. So what else does this girl need to do for people to say that this is the new women's champion? This is the face of the NXT women's division. I don't know why this is the move they decided to go with here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ro, you wrote about this in Patreon review for NXT, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um... My, my feelings on it is yes, you could do the Shawn Michaels collapsing thing. That's totally human and that's realistic as an athlete. That's totally cool with me. To me, I just do not agree that if they are actually stripping her of the championship. 
That's not cool. Uh, she won the match. The doctor with the French accent already mentioned that she wasn't going to be away for a long time. They were basically clearing her, but they're going to have to wait and see. So I don't understand why she sa title vacation from there when you said that she was going to come back soon, just not now. So yeah, that to me made Meiko Satomura look worse because... Um, <laughs> Tatanggal mo na championship si Roxy, but Miko Satomura pretty much killed her out there. She didn't win, but she killed her, and she doesn't even get the championship. So <laughs> she kind of looks like a chump on paper for not winning and not being the champion. So kung ganun din lang, if you're going to take the championship off of Roxanne, why not just have Miko win in the first place? Yes, she won the first match in that, and now she, Roxanne gets the win back, but. You know, if she's such a final boss, then I don't think it was a bad idea to have her win to begin with. Like, she does deserve to be a women's champion. Like, as long as she's not retired, let's give her the championship. She is, like, the best they've got over there. Um, She's the, the most veteran. She's the most experienced. She's the stiffest, if you will. So, it just, if they are pushing through with this, it makes Mako look really, really bad. Mas ano mas may sense pa yung yung idea ni Ro na in their match, Mako should have won and then you tell the story of Roxanne getting back and then making this comeback and beating Mako Satomura for the title. So mas, mas okay pa yun kesa sa what they're doing of like, you know, having multiple women ladder match and, you know, she's gonna make their comeback there. So, uh, Ro actually had a really great point there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ro, what you're basically saying is nobody won here coming out of uh, the women's championship match. Um, if they take the championship offer, nobody wins. Uh, if they leave things as is, okay lang. Miko kind of wins there because uh, in the end, um, Roxanne collapsed because of what she did. Right? So uh, that's a moral victory, I guess. I mean, not really a victory because uh, who wants to see that? Right? I mean, Miko was distraught after the match. Right? So... Uh, but the paper victory, you know, could have been hers, if you will. So there, those are the audio-only topics we're covering for this week's episode. Don't forget, you can always uh, reply and keep the conversation going on Twitter and on TikTok. It is at Wrestling2XPod. Happy 316 Day, everyone. All right, let's talk about AEW. We got MJF's rebar mitzvah earlier, and it was a setup for the four pillars to all meet in the ring. And it looks like they're heading towards a story where uh, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and Darby Allen will be the next challengers for MJF's AEW World Championship. Emil, are you happy with um, how the four pillars have suddenly been brought up to this point? Yes, I am so happy we're going to get this because... At least it gives us a break from a typical MJF singles feud where uh, MJF would make their opponent go through five stages of hell before getting a title match, before you know, meeting him in a match and doing the same old stuff. So at least here, may bago. And it's not MJF versus an old wrestler, an old veteran. It's like MJF against what you would consider his peers, right? These are the four young wrestlers that they call the pillars. So maybe something na hook na, na hook na ako. Like this promo, I'm ready hook. I'm ready for this storyline. And suddenly I'm interested in the world title scene again. Igaro, nabigla ka ba? Nabiglang all of a sudden it's MJF versus these three young guys. Yeah, uh wasn't expecting that. I mean, wala akong ideas or suggestions for 
who MJF's next contenders would be. But wow, am I surprised now? Or am I also refreshed that these are homegrown AEW guys? Because as far back as I can remember, and I could be wrong here, but I think since, I know, since AEW's birth, I think, the world title scene has always involved a veteran or alumnus from a major, another major league company. So if it's not WWE, it's uh, NJPW. And I think, again, I could be wrong, uh, but I think this is like the first time they are sticking their homegrown guys, not young guys, but homegrown guys into the picture um, in in a major few. It seems like a major few because, you know. uh, I mean, it's for the world title. It is for the world world title. But uh, if it's not the first time, it's the first time in as far as I can remember. So that's pretty cool and kind of signifies like a moving from the time where AEW absolutely needed their uh, big name signings to help carry the main event scene to a place where, okay, by the the fans are buying into our young dudes and we can prop them up with uh, the, no, I mean, pun maybe intended, four pillars. Igao mm-hmm. Chino, as someone who's actually been to these AEW shows in person, are you ready for these young guys or these homegrown guys to be in the main event? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've seen uh, two of them perform live uh, during Revolution. They Definitely, they can go. Um, I want to be invested in this rivalry because Tony Khan feels like these young dudes are ready to put the company on their shoulders. That's why we the pillars here. That means we won't have, we'll be uh, able to not see uh, people like John Moxley or Jericho in the main event picture for quite some time. And that's, that's actually quite refreshing. I'm just going to echo the sentiments of the other people uh, on this uh, pod here. Because it's like to be honest. After a while, you can only take so much of, of your Jerichos and Moxleys and Danielsons before you want to, to sort of fantasy book and, and think, what would it be like to see somebody like Jungle Boy, who's a pure babyface, against MJF? What would it be like to see somebody like Darby Allen, who is unwashed, supposedly, against somebody as polished as MJF? So these are the scenarios that are playing in my head when they tease these four pillars going at each other. Yeah, um, the next big AEW event is Double or Nothing, which is in May. So I guess they have two months to tell this story and flesh this out. Uh, should be interesting to see where they go from here. Because they're not set the match. So it doesn't look like they're going to actually get to that point. So we'll see what happens. That was like the best Darby Allen promo I ever ever heard. <laughs> where he called yeah, out... You know I agree. I agree with <laughs> he you. called out those uh, grown-ass wrestlers who... Complains way too much, uh, so yeah. That, kudos to Darby Allen. He really did good earlier. I didn't really. Yeah, I, I didn't know he had it in him. I yeah. didn't really care about his film school story though. <laughs> like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> dropped out. Cool. Actually, I don't know. Like for um, para week ko pala, di mo tinapos yon nawe. You college experience we. Ah, ayaw mo ano? Ayaw mo ng critique. But you know, we, we digress. Let's move on to QTV here, uh, which was also revealed on Dynamite. So it's QT Marshall's new little angle where parang TMZ and he's got Aaron Solo in there, Hobbs is there, 
uh, this blonde lady with a thick British accent there and a couple of guys na hindi nagsalita. So apparently, uh, the break-in was a work based on what we're being shown dito sa QTV. I don't know, it, it could still be real kasi sabi mo nga, Chino, di ba na uh, talamak yung mga break-in incidents in uh, the Bay Area but from what they showed us on Dynamite, it looks like it was a plot talaga to get inside Wardlow's head and weaken him in time for the TNT Championship match. So what do you think about all this, Chino? It's, it's funny because <laughs> I, I remember asking myself how kayfabe is kayfabe right now. And apparently this is pretty much inclusive of that of that scenario. Because we thought that si Wardlow was the belt. Diba? Balis niya. Swear to you, homeless guy na ako belt. But apparently it's work. And, and, and <laughs> I like being work. I just don't know if I like being worked in this manner. Uh, it's smart. Yeah, sure. It's funny to, to look at right now. But I, I don't know, man. It's like it blurs the line. And I don't know if that's something I like watching right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ro, it, it's a way better thing than what QT had to do with the factory, diba? Yeah, to be fair, Naita with uh, I, I I'm familiar with TMZ because we saw it on Jack TV after wrestling. Yeah, yeah, like like so, we grew up to that stuff too. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, Naita with Um, it is definitely more entertaining than what uh, QT Marshall was doing with the factory, and Aaron Solo being there is just you know cherry on top. Pinoy Pride, uh, yeah. John Christopher, yeah, um, I did actually think that, but um, when Chino told us na talamak ang break-in incident sa, sa Bay Area, <laughs> I, I kind of had an inkling because first they mentioned it on the show last week. Na it figured into the storyline. And then I thought, na, oh, Hobbs is from Sacramento. That was, there was a break-in. And then, you know, the break-ins are a Bay Area thing. Maybe there's a chance that this could have been at least a part of the storyline now. And Guess what? It is. And whether or not it had roots in a real life, a shoot break in, it's a nice work. <laughs> I will admit that. Um, I still think it's a full work. I say they had the championship on the show last week. Right? So yeah. uh, surely it couldn't have been lost forever. You know? <laughs> so there's that. Uh, I guess there, there is potential in this uh, QTV. Uh, storyline, but na lang yung QTV natin dito sa Pilipinas matagal nang wala. So, uh, RIP channel. Kala ko na, na si Camille Pretz eh. So, uh, yeah, I, not, I still don't think Hobbs is like a, a proper fit for the QTV thing, but the QTV thing is entertaining. Ikaw, Emil, bagay ba si Hobbs sa QTV or do you want him out of there and for QTV to be its own separate thing without Hobbs? Yeah, I, I want Hobbs to be his own thing. I just want to say this about QTV. The concept of QTV TMZ, it's like 10 years too late. True. Because, oh, because well, like, that's, that's true. TMZ hasn't been... I Relevant. mean, when I was yeah, I love to watch it. But it's a thing, of, the thing of 10 years ago. So you know, you know uh, what I will correct you, sir. TMZ is still very much around. They yeah, still it's around. Also, yeah, the, no, the TV show... Still, the, the, yeah, the show it's still around it's still in around? the states. Yeah, it's still, yeah, around, it's still around the states. No, yeah, no, but, no. What Emil is trying to say is that it's not relevant. The last time it was relevant was when Kanye I mean, was still, on there and said yeah, but, slavery was a good thing. <laughs> oh, they, they still break <laughs> news, <laughs> diba? It's still a thing. Yeah. So you need the Yeah, they still break news, but it's yeah. the same. Yeah. 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 Yeah
Tayo sa Pilipinas. Hindi, <laughs> kasi against ko naman yung sinasabi ni Emil. But you gotta understand, this product yeah. was made in the US. In the US, it's pretty relevant. Okay, For okay, everybody okay. else in the other side of the world. <laughs> I did. I did. I didn't enjoy watching it on Jack TV. For, oh. for <laughs> I guess to be fair, oh, hindi eh, na kasi ganun ka relevant sa sa ating mga Pinoy, di ba? Yung TMZ in in its TV format. They're probably gonna so. have Kanye back on the show. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> All right. Uh, any other thoughts on QTV before we move on? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah, that's it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, stick around for the audio only which comes out tomorrow on Spotify or your favorite podcast platforms we'll talk about Taya Valkyrie we'll talk about Butch and what's next for him LA Knight and Roxanne Perez also on the menu for the audio only version Uh, but for now we gotta begin winding down so Chino let us know what you have on your menu for the next few days oh so next week we have a stand-up show it'll be myself and Ryan Rem Sarita of the Cool Pals doing our first joint special together. He and I started doing stand-up all the way in 2008, and this will be the first time we share a special together. He will do, be doing 30 minutes each. That's at Paper Lantern, March 24, uh, 9 p.m. For tickets, check out comedymanila.ph slash shows. Iko Emil, anything going on for you right now? Uh, no, just follow me on TikTok at email underscore Meister22 for some sports opinions. And on Twitter at email underscore Meister. Right, Ro? Right. Um, MWF Kasay Sayan will be showing. Uh, if you missed the show, it will be showing pretty soon on our gang, on MWF's gang profile. Uh, just go to manilarestling.com to subscribe. It's only $10 or around 570 pesos. You get access to old episodes and current episodes as they show, as they premiere. So you can pay via debit card, credit card, Gcash, PayPal, I believe. A lot of ways to pay if you want to support local wrestling. Um, follow us on TikTok as well, at Wrestling2XPod. We'll post clips of anything that you miss. If you're watching this, you already know. But if you're listening to this on Spotify, you want to see the video or you want to see what you missed, uh, just follow us on social media. All right. Uh, for me, go check out On Deck with Stancy. New episode dropped yesterday about the state of the industry, at least the FM side of things. If getting into it is actually a good idea or not in uh, the current landscape of radio. Uh, next week's episode is another one that I'm looking forward to release. And it's uh, all about listener engagement and interaction. Like uh, I'm going to be talking to a, uh, to a radio listener and getting inside their headspace towards why they still listen to the radio today and what made it so appealing to begin with. Uh, for any, everything else that we do, you can check us out individually. It is at Chino Supersized, at EML underscore Meister, at Rowe's War, at Monday Night Rowan, and at underscore Stan C. Uh, the, the guys will catch you on April 2 and 3 for our WrestleMania watch party that is happening at Skinny Mike's BGC. Like we said earlier, prizes from Disney Plus and some WWE goodies will be up for grabs. And we're also going to let you know that about a month for, uh, from now, April 23, that's a Sunday, we're going to be celebrating our ninth anniversary of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast with a live recording session. So that means uh, we're going to be selling tickets to the live recording. We're going to post more details when they're available, uh, but the link should be up very soon on pnalive.com. Again, that is pnalive, that's L-I-V-E, dot com. All right, we got to get out of here. So we'll catch you again on Tuesday for our Picks of the Week episode and Thursday, as always, for our regular live stream. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to our Babyface producers, Mike, Joshua, and Angel, and everyone else from PNA for doing all of the work behind the scenes. On behalf of Emil A.S.H., Chino Liao, and Ro Moran, my name is Stan C. Saying stay safe, stay healthy, and don't be a dick, especially if you're on Wrestling Twitter. Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, out. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.